This is Redefining the Counterculture on Witten Radio. Make sure to check out our website at wittenradio.com. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the infinity stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants, so that's what we use. Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. Wow. The end is near. When I'm done, half of humanity will still exist. Perfectly balanced. As all things should be. I hope they remember you. Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, using your made-up names. Then I am Spider-Man. Everyone's got their thing. Maybe it's a breakup, a death, an accident, whatever it is, you used to be one thing, now you're something else. We all have our own problems, our own issues, our own. Hey guys, you're listening to another episode of Redefining the Counterculture right here at Witten Radio. 
Today, we're joined by filmmaker Rotemi Rainwater and actor and producer Mike C. Manning. They're talking about their newest film, Lost in America. We're here live at the 2018 Nashville Film Festival, and I'm super excited to talk with the guys. Guys, how's it going? Doing really well. Yes. Awesome, awesome. Uh, So this film is is very, very unique. Um, It features some amazing... um, candid interviews um and it it also is just it's really really poignant uh it deals with um homelessness homelessness excuse me uh here in america uh specifically you know with teens and young adults i was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about how the project first started how did you guys first um come up with the idea of the film um what did it what inspired it so to speak sure um so this is rotini and um you know, it, it came from my personal experience of being homeless as a youth uh, myself. And um, I had been homeless when I was 19 years old. I was in the Navy. My mother got cancer. And by the time I got out to take care of her, she had lost her, her apartment. So I spent the next nine and a half months crashing at people's houses, sleeping in my car, and then eventually sleeping under a bridge. Um, so I worked my way up in the film industry, got on my feet, and in 2010, I made a narrative piece called Sugar about homeless youth in America. And um, and, and, and we, we screened it for Congress, and nobody showed up. So I realized this was a huge issue, and we needed to, we needed to um, uh, make a documentary about it to really impact people. So that's how the process started. Right on. Um, You know, you spoke a lot about, you know, just the film and, you know, kind of like your foray into filmmaking. Um, I was wondering if you could expound a little bit on what got you into filmmaking. What was it about the craft that just drew you in uh, from the start? Um, So I've I've been a storyteller my entire life. Like I wrote a book when I was in fourth grade and did a lot of theater. But um, I grew up with an alcoholic and addicted mother. So I was kind of raised by television and movies. And as a youth, I was in the Big Brother, Big Sister program. And one of the things that my big brother did was always take me to the movies, especially drive-ins. And so it was a great escape for me. It was a great way for me to not have to deal with what my life was as a child. And, you know, so so I've always had a passion for film, for cinema. But now kind of things have have shifted for me, and I realize the power of cinema uh, to to create change and to affect people's lives. So doing Sugar and now doing this has just kind of set my career on a path of using film for philanthropy, you know, and being able to – I mean, there's there's people out there who are going to make much better popcorn movies than I do. Um, But I think the thing that we're all passionate about is being able to use this incredible art form to be able to affect change in the world. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that, you know, you have become so resolute and that, um, you know, this is a way for you to, you know, essentially to give back and to express who you are as a person and as a filmmaker and as an artist. Um, This is kind of a strange question, but this film, um, you did a really good job of bringing – um, just uh, relevance and showing, you know, the the poignant, um, just I guess state of you know homelessness in America, especially around amongst youth and teens. Um, but was would you say that the 
filming process? Was it particularly arduous or um, was any part of it cathartic or did it open old wounds? Because I know that that was a rough time for you that you went through. Um, at any point, was it just was it just really hard for you or did you find the process cathartic? Yeah, you're really asking some really strong but incredibly amazing questions. Um, you know, this whole process was almost like me being dragged to the party. Um, I knew I wanted to make a documentary, but I also knew from doing Sugar that I wasn't ready or even interested in telling much of my story. But the, the great thing about this film was it was really, truly a group effort. You know, I'm surrounded by a bunch of younger filmmakers, and it, it, they really helped me to get comfortable to tell my story. And there's a part that's not in the film anymore, and it might make its way back, but I took the camera to where I lived under the bridge in Orlando, Florida, and that was the most, most cathartic experience for me, was finally going back to where I used to sleep. Um, but the entire project was really difficult because we live in a society that's reactionary, and if your issue isn't the hot-button topic of the, the moment, people aren't really interested. And, you know, right now youth homelessness is not a, a, a kind of topic or social cause that people are having a you know, conversation about. And that was what was, I think, the, the, the thing that always kept us resolute in making this film was the fact that if we don't do it, who will? So, you know, even in terms of, like, raising money, I mean, we did four Indiegogo fundraising campaigns just to get us started. We started with $750 and shot one day in Venice. So it was really it was really difficult, but it was always also a great lesson in what can happen if you don't listen to no. And, and I've always said the one thing I learned – growing up and being on the streets was how to turn a no into a yes. And so that became kind of our, our common theme between Mike and myself and everybody else on the team was, okay, you know, we don't have money and people don't want to give us money, but we can figure this out. Um, so on a personal level, the film was incredibly difficult to go back to that kind of place in my life that I tried to escape from. And then as a filmmaking process, it was incredibly difficult to get people to buy in. But now, five years later, we have such a strong team and support group that it, it, it couldn't have been done any other way, I guess. And I'll say, <clears throat> this is Mike, I'll say that the fact that Rotini was homeless and had that experience is what drew me to the film at first. Because there have been projects that I've seen about homeless people in general uh, and homeless youth, but I've never seen a project from the the mind of somebody that had experienced homeless, and so of course it's attractive when uh, you know Rotimi was a, he's been a filmmaker for a long time and he's worked his way up in the industry, and so I respected him as a filmmaker. But even more than that, I was interested in the perspective that he would bring and the access that he would bring, being a former homeless youth to these kids, to the areas, to to what life is really like on the streets, and I really think that that shows in the film. Absolutely, absolutely. And I was going to ask you guys, so when you um, started, when you first started the film, I know you said that you are experienced with turning a no into a yes. Um, would you say that it basically was a situation with 
um, getting the other people involved in it, like just turning around and making other people, you know, want it to be in the film. Because I know that you got some 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 really amazing interviews um, with this film. Um, was it hard to, I guess, get people on board and to see the vision? Because like you said, you know, America is so polarizing and, you know, we're used to doing this flavor of the week type thing where, you know, one week, you know, something may be, you know, a hot button issue and then the next week, not so much. Um, how did you guys deal with, you know, just the unpop having the, you know, I guess the, the not the task, but just the the job of, you know, basically trying to bring awareness about the situation to, you know, a large group of people that you know may not even know that it is an issue. Well, I think you. So you're, the question you're asking is kind of twofolded. But for me, it wasn't difficult to get people to sign on to get involved because. I guess, you know, my enthusiasm is, is contagious. And knowing that this film was going to be made from the perspective of somebody's experience that was intriguing to all the filmmakers and, and all the crew that we worked with. Um, but the, the difficulty was getting people to believe in it as a financial, you know, a good a good thing to get involved in. So we, that's why we did the, um, the, the Indiegogo fundraising campaigns, because nobody kind of at a studio level or an investor level really wanted to get involved in like a documentary like this. Like documentaries are becoming more and more difficult because everybody has a camera. So you, you know, you get a thousand documentary submissions to any film festival, you know, it's just they're a dime a dozen and finding the ones that are independently produced that have a quality to them is, is becoming more and more difficult. But once, once we got a bunch of the youth involved, so, like, for me, I, was, I always knew it was going to be, a, a, I guess, a longer task. And so I split, we split it up into two, two, two different parts, which was let's get the kids, let's get the, the stories in there that are going to move people and prove to people that this is going to be a powerful piece. And from there, the celebrities will come, the important investors will come. Like, they need to see that. So I, I would say the first three years of the project was living with the kids on the street, uh, you know, sleeping on, in the parks, getting bed bugs, like really being in it, telling the story from the inside out, not from the outside in. And once we were able to put that together and show people, the passion started coming. All the celebrities came on board. We got investors to help us finish the film. You know, and it just, what's happened is it, 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 with any project of this kind of scope, it ended up taking five years. So it was definitely an exercise in, in how, how, how deep you want to get into it and, and, and how uh, firm you want to stand with the movement. Um, but, Mike, what do you think? Well, I was just going to say that uh, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. As soon as we gathered the stories of the youth, it was much easier to send those stories and to show that footage and to say, hey, these are the stories that we're trying to tell. These are the voices that are not being heard. And after we had that and we had you know, done the time on the road and really gathered those stories from the youth, um, and really, you know, living that life and being in it, uh, it was easier to show people, um, you know, in Hollywood and other, you know, politicians and everything, uh, what we were trying to do. And after that, they signed on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Um, you guys, uh, are doing some amazing work and, um, I love, you know, I got a chance to screen the film and I'm also going to, um, get the festival, uh, here and I'm going to, um, actually watch it on the big screen. Um, but, uh, this is now it sounds like a weird question, but are you guys 
happy with the final product. Um, looking back at the film, and, you know, with anything that we do, um, you know, we as people, you know, sometimes when we are creative types, you know, we do something, we put something out, and I know a lot of times I may go back and say, hey, I wish I would have done this differently, but overall I'm happy. When you guys look at this film and seeing the work and the hard work that you put into it, um, are you guys proud of the film? Is there anything that you would have changed along the way? Um, well, I think from a, from a technical aspect and a creative aspect, we would have loved to have had more time. And, you know, this film has an, an innate grittiness to it. You know, when you're living on the streets and, and whatnot, you don't get a lot of time to get beauty shots and, like, to have this amazing production quality that maybe, like, a million-dollar film or, you know, would have. But that actually plays into the power of the film because it's still a beautiful piece. But, um, you know, for me, I'm incredibly proud of what the final cut will be because as soon as we're done here, we're we're making the final touches on the film. Um, but I think, yeah, in general, we're all extremely proud of it because it, it was a piece that had a lot of naysayers. It was a difficult process all around to get people to pay attention to the film. And now that it's gotten to the place where it's all firing on all cylinders and it's more than just a film, it's, it's a movement, um, it's, I think it's something that everybody's going to be extremely proud of. Absolutely, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I think if people can actually see the film, they'll see that it's just amazing. And I mean, it's so riveting. Like you said, it's a, it, you took a gritty, a gritty subject, you know, a gritty reality, and you put it. I mean, so eloquently, you made it to where it's relatable. You know, I've never been homeless, but you know, seeing this film, it really opened my eyes to you know just you know, the despair that's going on and, you know, that there are people that need a lot of help out there. And so um, when I see it, I, you know, I'm incredibly grateful. Um, Tammy and Mike, um, what is the biggest takeaway that you want people to get from this film when they see it? I know that, um, you know, the film means different things to each one of you. Uh, I was wondering um, what, what would you like the biggest takeaway uh, for this film to be when people see it? Well, we, we feel that, um, it's sort of exactly what you just said. I think that a lot of people, it's less about the fact that people don't care and more about the fact that people don't know. And I think that after people see the film and hear these stories and, and some of the myths are dispelled about why youth are on the streets and about drug use and about um, all these things, a lot of people realize that this is a bigger issue than anybody had ever anticipated in the United States. And they also realize that this is an issue that can absolutely be solved if the American public demand that it's a priority and the American public demand that our government does something about it. So uh, I think that that would be our biggest takeaway is just to enrage people and then engage people and say this is an issue that if we all come together, this can absolutely be solved and we can absolutely save a lot of these young lives that are being ignored right now. Yeah, and for me um – you know, I think our biggest takeaway is to dispel the myth that kids are on the street because they want to be. The truth of the matter is that no child wakes up one day and decides that they want to be homeless, that they want to go out and eat out of a trash can. No 13-year-old is, you know, watching Disney with their mom and wakes up the next day and says, you know, I want to be homeless. And I think as soon as people accept that and look at youth that are on the streets as victims, as people that need our help, and stop separating these kids as homeless kids and look at them like they're kids, then we can change this. 
And I think that's the most important part. We're the wealthiest country in the world, and no child should ever sleep on the streets of America. Amen. Amen. I, I definitely agree with you guys on that. I mean, it's uh, it's almost like it's a slap in the face to, you know, the, the values that, you know, the country was uh, established on because, you know, yeah. When so got, Rosario Dawson said it best. Rosario Dawson said it best. And she said, we should be ashamed as a country that we allow 4 million kids on the streets every day, that we allow 13 kids to die on the streets every day. That's 5,000 kids a year who die on the streets of the wealthiest country in the world. And we should incredibly be ashamed about that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I completely with her. agree with her wholeheartedly. I mean, that I think that was one of the statements in the film that really just, you know, pierce, it pierces your heart because I don't think you can actually have a conscious listen to her, her say those words and not be affected by it. And so, you know, I mean, there were some other great, great quotes as well, but I mean, that was one of the highlights of the film, I would say. Um, yes. How do you guys... How do you guys feel being here today at the festival here in Music City? Uh, are you finding the, uh, I guess, the Southern hospitality uh, to your liking? I'm from the South. I grew up in Florida. And so it kind of feels like coming home. Um, I'm excited to go to Hattie B's. And, I mean, it's just amazing being here. I mean, we're trying to keep dry. It's raining right now. But being back home, being down in the South is, is just awesome. And I'm loving the live music. Everywhere you go, there's live music. Absolutely. My dad was, uh, yeah, my dad was a musician, and so I grew up seeing, seeing like live rock and roll. And uh, my first time in Nashville was six months ago. I came to see a Titans game, and I remember walking around and just going to every single bar and seeing everybody sing and play. And, and um, so that's what I was looking forward to in coming back. I love it. I love it. And I, Mike, I had no idea that you were from Florida. That's awesome. I'm originally from uh, Florida myself, West Palm. And so um, it's something, you know, Tennessee is, you know, uh, not super far from home. And it's just great. You know, like you said, you know, the food's great here. Lots of live music every night of the week. Um, yeah, it's just awesome. <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. Um, so I wanted to ask um, for people, for our listeners that aren't here at the film festival um, that want to see this film, do you guys have the dates uh, or the rough estimate on when um, it will, the, the film will be available on a video on demand or in theaters? Sure. Yeah. Our, our plan is to release the film in November in connection with um, national youth homeless awareness month. And so our goal is the second week of November the week before Thanksgiving, to be able to release the film uh, with a limited theatrical and uh, on-demand, with the, you know, Netflix or whatnot. And we're working with uh, Sands Cares, which is the, the Sands uh, Las Vegas uh, Hotel Corporation, as our partner to help us put together a national sleepout. Um, a lot of organizations around the country, homeless youth organizations, do these sleepouts to bring awareness to youth homelessness. And so we're working with hundreds if not a thousand organizations nationwide to put together on one night uh, a national sleep out and to be able to donate the film to every one of these organizations that can screen it there and use this so that when we release the film it's not re about releasing a small documentary that maybe people aren't going to hear of that it's turning this into a social movement to be able to start the national conversation on how to end youth homelessness in America. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Wanted to know, um, is it possible for our listeners to get involved with those efforts that you're doing? Um, are you accepting volunteers or do you know if they can sign Most up? Certainly. Yeah, if they go to lastinamericafilm.com or Facebook, Last in America Film, uh, there's a button on there that says, how do I get involved? And you can sign up um, on our website to be able to receive our emails. And we will be motivating people and organizing people for this national campaign in November as well. And we've just started the Lost in America Foundation, which is to help people get involved in their local organizations and get the word out about youth homelessness through the media. So there will be a lot of activity and a lot of ways that people can get involved towards the end of the year with the film. I love it. I love it. And also, I wanted to know, uh, can our, our listeners donate uh, to your to your film or to your cause? Because I know that, you know, you've partnered with several great organizations. Um, is there a way that um, our listeners can donate, make donations to you? Yes, on LastInAmericaFilm.com, they, we have a donate button as well. And all the money that we will receive is going towards getting the, the – the word, about, the word out about youth homelessness. We've also created a page on there that basically if you're, whatever city that you're in, if you want to find a local organization you can get involved in, so we, we're acting as a resource for you to be able to find those organizations. Um, as, as a foundation ourselves, our whole purpose is not to try to get involved in uh, offering uh, services or being a shelter or whatnot. There are amazing uh, organizations nationally who do that. But there's nobody who's getting the word out about youth homelessness, engaging Americans and starting that conversation through media, which is what our focus is. And I think it's really important because if you look at what the ASPCA did with Sarah McLaughlin for, for uh, homeless animals and, you know, uh, the animal shelters, once they did that PSA, once they created that movement, it was a game changer for them. And that's our goal is to be able to – bring youth homelessness to the forefront of the American psyche because we went around the country and we interviewed men on the street, you know, people on the street and asked them how many homeless kids are, were there. And, you know, there was 5,000, 1,000, like nobody, the issue, the reason this issue is so big is that the general population in America are just unaware of the fact of how many kids are on the street, why they're on the street and the pain and suffering they go through. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I will admit, I'll be the first to admit that, I myself was extremely ignorant, um, you know, of just the condition of um, homelessness in, you know, regards to youth in America. And um, it really, it really is a wake up call. I mean, if I had to describe the film, it's a, it's a complete wake up call. Um, but it doesn't leave you with a feeling of despair because I would say that the film has a strong call to action. And once you have this knowledge, I mean, you you know, the, the floodgates can open. Uh, it's just a matter of actually getting up and doing something and not just, you know, you know, just not just taking the information and sitting on it. And so the film does a great job of, you know, giving a call to action because, yeah, this is something that has been going on for quite some time and, you know, definitely, definitely, definitely needed to be addressed. So uh, I think it's, it's poignant, it's right on time, and, you know, I really... I really believe if people see this movie and once they see it, I think it will just change their lives because, you know, ultimately, you know, again. From your lips to God's ears. Right. That's right. Um, I wanted to. Um, Thank you very much. 
Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. God, thank you so much. And uh, I'm all out of questions. Is there anything else that you'd like to say? No, we just feel we, we just hope that everybody feels the way that you do after seeing the film, and uh, that they're driven to to take action in their local communities. We are trying to incorporate as many local uh, state communities as possible, and then national organizations. So uh, there will not be a shortage of ways to get involved with the film. And um, yeah, we hope everybody follows your lead. And and just as as a as a as a side, so we are screening tonight at the Hollywood Regal Twenty Seven. Uh, at 7.15, we're also doing a showing here tomorrow at 3.30. Any homeless youth, any organizations, anybody who wants to, who, who's going through that or involved, please come and you have to, we'll get comp tickets for you. We want people to be able to see this film. Uh, as many homeless youth who are out there, you know, come through. We'll get you popcorn. Like, this is a great way to get a couple hours off the street, to be able to sit down and talk to somebody who was homeless, who was able to get off the street. And it's more than a film. Like we're really trying to help as many youth as we can. So if you're out there, if you are a social worker, if you devoted your life to doing something to help others, come through. You can see the film for free, and we are excited to see you. Absolutely. I'm super excited. I'll be at the uh, 3.30 p.m. showing uh, tomorrow afternoon, and uh, I'm super excited just to see the film again, and especially to see it on the silver screen. Um Will there be a Q&A uh, after the screening? Can people interact with you guys? Yes. yes, there will. Awesome, awesome. And um, my very last question is, Is um, how can our listeners uh, follow you on social media and keep abreast of what you guys are doing, uh, both, both you, uh, both for Timmy and Mike? Yeah, it's um, lostinamericafilm.com is the website. And then on, the, on um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's Lost in America Film. Um, and then Rotini Rainwater has uh, his separate social media, and then mine is Mike C. Manning. Awesome. Thank you. Rotini Rainwater. Okay. And um, are you guys on you guys are on Facebook as well, correct? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate you know you taking the time to, to do this interview with me today. And uh, I'm all out of questions, but uh, I just wanted to thank you so much and. Um, I just look forward to, you know, actually meeting you guys um, and, you know, seeing more of what you guys are doing because I know, Mike, you've produced some some other amazing films and you're also an actor. Um, and then, um, you know, with Timmy, I know this is like your second film and I'm sure, you know, you'll have some more. So I'm excited to see the work that you guys are continue to, continuing to do. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. I think our daughters are friends. I think that makes us friends. <laughs> I'm Hunter. I'm Lisa. That's my Julie. I'm Mitchell. Kayla's hero. We the life of the party. I can't believe it's prom. They're so grown up. I can't even hug my daughter anymore without feeling her boobs. <laughs> uh, just high fives from now on. Okay. <laughs> Julie left her laptop open. You guys are snooping on our kids? No. We don't understand what they're saying, so it's not snooping. Oh my god, I love puzzles. <laughs> Some about an eggplant. And teenage emoji eggplants are dicks. Wait, what? All emojis have a secret meaning, so like trees are weed, and this thing is Yas Queen. Yas Queen! <laughs> 
So she's gonna get roses, yeah. kiss, and then touch his dick eggplant. Look at all that drool coming out of the smiley face. That's jizz. Stand down. It is, look, it's coming. It's like, <laughs> this is a sex act. They're planning on losing their virginity on prom night. Maybe it's not sex. They're just saying, hey, you're okay with me. You're okay with me. Maybe. Oh, I fucking knew it. Our girls are not thinking things through. I'm gonna stop them. I'm in. Let's cock block those motherfuckers. This is our last big night together. This pact is gonna make tonight even more perfect. They're getting away. WWVDD. What would Vin Diesel do? <laughs> Superhuman strength. I can do this. What the fuck? This is so messed up. Uh, did your dad try to stop you when you wanted to lose your virginity? He's too busy high-fiving me. I'll do anything for my daughter. What about a little chugging contest? Bring it. Wait, what? We're butt chugging. You got this, dog. No, I'm tagging out. You're in. What? You put a baby. Everything's looser down there. I have a baby out of my butt. On the count of three. One. Oh, not a fan. I am tripping so hard. I just had a vision. My dad was chugging beer through his asshole. I can't do anymore. Pose, Brian. Pose, pose. Oh. Aspen. Oh, oh. I would do.